Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own business. Just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business or who has recently started their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me, as always, is David Hilton. What do you think about changing the intro? Well, so we're coming. What Austin, what episode is this? 95. 95. It's 95. Can I also say something? My wife and I, we, back, we went back and watched some of the older episodes. There was one intro that was probably like three and a half minutes long. Yeah, 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 yeah. It used to be a lot longer. So we've we, come a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah, I think we need to. Maybe after a hundred, we'll change it up. Well, we're thinking about doing a whole new scene at a hundred. Yeah, new desk layout, new intro, new everything. Okay. So I like it. Yeah, it's time for a change. It's time for a change. We I mean, got to celebrate the hundred hundred show milestone. I mean, it's been like a year and a half. I know. God. Yeah. It'll be a year and a half at a hundred episodes. That's what I'm saying. It's painful. Yeah. <laughs> Just painful. Painful. <laughs> it's actually, we're actually hanging like, out with me is pure joy. We're, not true. <laughs> we're actually at like episode 123. Well, we've burned a couple. We've, we've <laughs> burned a couple. We've lost a couple. Well, the reason why my wife and I went back, because we were like, we wanted to see that moment you're talking about where Marcus is like, aren't you guys going to introduce me? So we were trying to go back to find that because I thought it would be funny to listen uh, to. Like the it's, third episode. It's in one of the core episodes. See, it's like we we listen to all of them, but we're thinking maybe that one. It's, it's like a, it's alluded to because there's one where you guys are like, and we have Marcus here. Mm-hmm. We've yeah, no he, no. There's one like I mean I still see it on Spotify because I'll go back and re-listen to the core yeah. episodes from time to time. How long? And, and he'll be like, "Hey guys, do like in the in the show. It's like, hey guys." Don't you think it would be a good time to introduce me? He had two beers. Oh, yeah. It like? It's the two. one time we let him have a couple of beers. He had two beers and <laughs> lost his shit. Yeah. Was Just like, like he couldn't function. Like, what happened to this We were dude? listening to the intro, so that's probably it. Like, we thought it would be oh, happening. No, yeah, like, no, no, no. It was into the show, like yeah, 20 it's, minutes. It's 20 wow. minutes into the show, and he just, like, screeches to a halt. Yeah, he just goes, hey, guys, don't you think you should introduce me? Like, we're in the middle <laughs> of the conversation. Like, <laughs> behind the cameras, Marcus... Yeah. Hi, Marcus. Well, we All were, right. Back to what we were talking about. <laughs> well, we were we were just like waiting in line at CVS and like the line is like long. And so you're like, well, let's just go see if we can find this in the podcast. Yeah. It's, uh... So you're telling me you have not listened to all first nine episodes, Austin? No. Oh, man. But no with conviction. To, I think that wasn't to... even no. That was no. Yeah. Man. He doesn't like self-growth. Job right? requirement. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> wait, wait. Didn't somebody just get their LLC last week? Yeah, and you know what? He probably could have done Sounds it like himself. they might need to learn how to listen to those first nine episodes. Well, I mean, who's... I'm pretty sure all the information you need to get that LLC is in those first nine episodes. Yes, but I like... David. David's a really good coach, so... I think by coach, he means... Like I called him and I said, "Okay, give me your information," and I did it and then sent it to him. Yeah, <laughs> you know one of the one of the That's most a mothering thing. You just do it and then you one of the one of the most popular short form video 
like clips we have is me talking about how I was that overpleasing manager that just did shit for everybody and I thought I was really effective. Yeah, and you and weren't. That was just you, just now. <laughs> instead oh, no, of I knew instead it. of helping teach Austin how to do it, you just did it. Well, well, the stuff that in, he my, in my defense, like I was at home and I had extra time and I was like, man, I have no time. I was like, I'm calling him. I'm sure he's not doing anything. I'll just call him and I'll just do it right now. Well, the stuff that you're doing, it wasn't like. It was really just knowing like what website to go to. It wasn't any any like sort of thing of like, oh, I'm gonna learn this cool idea and it's gonna yeah. show me through business. No, it's like literally just go to this website. Like what yeah. website? You know. I think we need to. Speaking of, I was watching them the other day. We probably need to reshoot one through nine. You know, we could. They're kind of. We could leave the old ones. We but what they're if, pretty rough. Yeah. What we should do is like redo one through nine. But tell people, like, you can either listen to episode one through nine or 101 through 109. It's the same shit in both. It just depends. Do you want it when we were good at podcasting or do you want to hear our trash? <laughs> there is actually. People will probably watch both. They'll be like, oh, Maybe. man, this is trash. And then just go to 101. Yeah. <laughs> there are, there are some times where I do <clears> like, <throat> like, some of the good parts of the first episodes were. It may have felt too robotic, but like that structure was nice because there are some episodes you've done where it really gets off the rails and it's just oh, yeah. like <laughs> oh, so yeah. it's kind of like it can go either you way. You should see some of the ones we burned. We <laughs> yeah. we had a two and a half hour podcast that we burned. Wow! Because it was two and a half hours of rambling. It was with a guest. I'm not going to say who it was. It was with a guest, and we had two and a half hours of rambling. Dude, he just and, rambled. And for we like were two only hours. we were only like a fifth of the way into the story he was trying to tell. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh. So then we sped through the rest of the story, and then I, I made the judgment call the next day. I'm like, we have to reshoot that because that was bad. He came back though. He came back and did yeah. it again. Yeah. yeah he, and the second one was really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I've I've kind of learned too, like the I did like one testimonial and like there's some people that you just say, Tell me your story. And they won't stop for like half an hour. Right. But there are some people where you kind of have every like, they'll run out of steam. Right. They'll cover their whole story in like that amount of time. We're like, so tell me about this aspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got an hour show and you just told your story in 14 seconds. Like I need to yeah. need a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, so Target. Did you see they lost $10 billion of market cap? I... I followed it long enough to see, like, Danielle, actually, so usually I catch this stuff, like, through the grapevine. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. Danielle actually got me on this one. She was like, I was at Target today, and they have like a whole pride section. It was pride section for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, what are you doing? It's like kids. pride towels and pride bathing suits and pride everything. And it's yeah. not on the back. It's like, yeah, I think if you walk in on the on the mobile, like the pickup section, like the right side of Target, it's like right there. It's well, they, you, you a, lot the of them, a lot of them have moved all their shit. But, uh, and we're not getting into a debate about transgenderism and all that crap. We've debated that a hundred times. Right. The Stop pushing your propaganda or whatever you think is best and try to, your job is to make money. Yeah. To make their stock went from 160 I think to like 130. And it'll bounce right back. Nah. Is the is the weird like there's no like I guarantee you there are people drinking Bud Light today that a month ago swore they would never drink Bud Light again. 
you know, you say that, but their market share is down. It's still down. 26% month over month. I know. I know. It's not good. It has not bounced back. I know. And the, and the real thing is, so like, it's easy to boycott Bud Light because when you go to the liquor store, like literally- There's other options. All you do is go to the door next to that one and you can get Miller Light or Coors Light or whatever. Right. The problem with Target is a lot of people shop there for a lot of different things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you can also go to Walmart. Yep. And you can also get shit on Amazon. But that's yep. the thing is, it's like you can't be as out there with your like propaganda as you used to be. Because man, like, especially if you're a store like a retail store, like yeah. just go to Amazon or order online. People, at and the real problem with it was like people on the left that are super liberal, but they're like, you can't be doing this stuff for like kids and in front of kids and you know all this other crap. And it's like even those liberal parents are like, dude, you got to draw a line somewhere. What are you right. doing? Right. Yeah, the I don't know that this one's different for me because like as a parent, that shit's everywhere, and it's your job to shelter your child from that. So the only way it affects your kids at Target is if you allow your kids to see it and you allow your kids to explore that like section of Target, right? Like, well, it's in the front. It's not well, like, what do you, are you blindfolding them when you walk in? No, like, I, I mean, hold, I'm, let me hold my hand over your eyes. They're seeing it, but they're seeing a thousand things every day, right? They're seeing somebody, like, they're seeing a very obvious homosexual or transsexual in public all the time. And they're raising questions in their minds. They may ask you something about it. And that's your job as a parent to navigate that accordingly, right? So, like, it's not like they forced your kid to buy the stuff. No. They offered it as a thing, f- and, and kids aren't shopping anyway. Like, kids aren't walking to Target and buying their own swimsuit. Like, parents are buying the shit for the kids. So, it's, even though it's made for kids, it was still aimed at the money-spending parents, you know? So, by no means am I standing up for Target or anything else. I think that, I think that America is on this heightened sense of awareness where... Any public entity that does anything in support of any of those hot topics gets flamed up as if they're trying to push an agenda. And really, it could just be that they were trying to um, like have a wider vision, if that makes sense, like appeal to a wider audience. Do, I, you, do you know what I mean? Yes, but I don't buy it. Like, I don't... <laughs> And, I, and I'm not necessarily trying to sell that. I'm just like, I have a hard time thinking that this was Target pushing their agenda on children because children aren't Target's customers. No, but I Parents think they are. were pushing their agenda. They maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe. And, yeah. and, and before, like up until like the last couple of years, like people on the conservative side would just kind of like let things roll, like, you know, whatever. Right. You know, do whatever you want. But then when people started pushing their conservative views and were saying like, no, we're not going to put up with that anymore and all this, well, then everyone on the left went nuts. Oh, no, you can't do that. Get your own internet. Get off our Twitter. Right. Blah, 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 blah. And they're like, it's like in your face all the time. And now it's finally, I think they've realized, oh, you know what? We can do the same thing that they were doing. And so let's just do that. Right. If we don't like it, we're not going to spend our dollars on it. Right. Like they've realized, okay, we have to get dirty 
too, if, yeah. if we want people to realize that we actually have an opinion. Because I think what had really happened is everyone on the left was yelling so loud and then no one on the right was yelling at all that it just kind of seemed like the left's point of view was taking over and that's how the media made it seem like everyone thought yeah. that that is what the country wanted because everyone else was just being quiet, minding their own business Yeah. until they started getting axes thrown at them and now they're like, fine, you know what? You've been pushing ev everybody around for so long and you've been trying to get you know, all your shit pushed through and we've just been kind of not saying anything. Enough's enough. Fuck off. Right. And now all of a sudden, you know, to the detriment of the country, this has happened, I think, because all that's done is create a deeper divide, right? <sighs> By both sides, I would, yeah. I would say. And, I mean... And it uh, just creates a wall. I think the more you watch any media at all, the divide gets deeper. Like, I that's have... True. I've turned out so much media in the last year that it's it, it i mean it takes a long time but it's not like the day i turned off the media i thought this way but like after a year of actively not watching the media um you end up realizing the world is a is 10 times better than what the media tries to portray it to be oh yeah and, i agree with that and you realize that the issues that are on the media are largely only on the media now, that's not to say they're not real, because they are. But if some kid gets beat up for his homosexual or anti-homosexual views or displays or whatever, that's a hate crime, right? It, 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 by definition, it is. Yeah. Well, if that kid got like that kid got beat up for those views in the '60s, and you just didn't hear about it, but now because of the media and social media and everything else, that kid gets beat up, and you hear about it. All the time, yeah. And you think homophobes are getting, or and are and, getting beat up every day? Well, and then and but. then of course the media makes it. You know, let's let's run a stat. We need stats to back this up. We can lie with statistics. So let's see how many cases of this are on the rise. And then yeah, if it goes while from they're telling you about it, to ten, it's a a million yeah, percent increase. It's increased by a thousand percent in the last twenty well, years. It's only nine people. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. Right, yeah. that's that's exactly you what can I'm twist saying. Twist st statistics to basically be what. However, you can pump as much drama into statistics as you want. Right, right. Whether it be numbers or percentage or whatever. Yeah, but we as humans have a like we we have a really interesting way of catching glimpses of things and then fastly forming a very firm opinion on a glimpse. Right, Danielle told me about the target thing, and um. The way that Danielle was telling me about it, she was also because she was she didn't have kids with her when she went and she was over there and she's like looking at it, and it says like on the tags of the swimsuits, it said gender neutral. And and so they were trying like they were trying to insinuate on the tags of the clothing that it was, you know, gender neutral. Well, my immediate reply was, it's the same thing as like. Uh, my mind just went blank. Like asexual. What were the 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 clothes like when we were in kid? When, when we, we were, were kids, kids yeah, um, clothes that could be worn by boys or girls, either which. I think it may have been asexual. Uh, unisex, unisex, unisex. Yeah. So I'm like, that's the same thing as like unisex. They're just slap. They just changed the word. Well, it's not unisex because it's a woman's suit with extra room for a penis in it. Like that's well, like you. That's not unisex. Unisex was 
anyone can wear this and no one will be able to tell the difference. Yeah. But like, that's unisex. It's she like was a pair of shorts. She, yeah, she was talking about like shorts and t-shirts and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, that's not gender neutral. That's unisex. Well, and you that's can't just, put... It is what it is. And if you put gender neutral on there, you've pissed off all of the little boys that want you to say, no, I'm a woman. It right. should say woman's on it and I should be able to wear it. Yeah. So like, there's, like, what you, there's, there's no, no winning. You no, know, no, there's not because those people are insane. Yeah. They're yeah. just fucking insane. Yeah, there's there's no winning in that whole thing. But that's what I'm saying. Like the more you the more you listen to all of that, the more you get trapped into it and you think it's a bigger deal than it is. Yeah. Uh ironically, Danielle was at Target like a couple of days later and she said, Yeah, they've moved it all to the back of the store. They must have gotten a whole bunch of heat for it or something. Well, one of the main I don't know if it was a board member or CEO or whoever like came out. I don't nice. <laughs> get your shit together. I, I don't know if he like came out and made a statement, but basically he was like you can't have that in the front of the store. Pull it back. We're not pushing this on people. We're just offering it to customers right. that want it. Right. But for some reason, certain stores and certain whoever was like, nope, it's right here in your face. Yeah. And that's what people really get pissed about. Yeah. Like, I don't go in to Missy B's downtown with my cross and beat people in the face with it and right. say, no, you are... Ba- People are just tired of shit being pushed in their face. Yeah. They're tired of leftism. They're tired of conservatives. They're tired of um, politics. They're tired of everything just like literally beating them to death yeah. all the time. And they're literally saying, look, it's fine. We don't care. Put it in the back of the store. Yeah. You want to offer it, offer it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's it's dumb. You know what's it's funny? It's just so dumb. We were... Um when I was doing the personal interview for the big contract that we're getting with a local county here close, um, they were asking, like, any final things, any other things that you want us to know about your company before we make our selections? You just start saying, no, I'm not on a podcast. And, no, I do not. Yeah, no. Just, like, no. I, this was right after we bought the Ford Lightning for our fleet. And so I'm like, yeah, actually, we just bought uh, our second electric vehicle. We have a total of six. So now well, 30. Stop. Stop. Right now. Well. why w- Why would you bring that up? Because it's. Johnson County. So you thought it was going to be a benefit to you? Well, yeah. I'm going to use it as a benefit if I can. Okay. That's all, so, I just want a clarity. Yeah. That's and so all. I'm like, yeah, so now 33% of our fleet is all electric. <laughs> Stop with the statistic manipulating. Right. 33%. I mean, it is, right? Two of six. Yeah, and one of them's cl- sitting down here collecting dust. If they would, been driven if they would fucking months. If they would get their fucking program <laughs> together, it'd be getting driven every day. But... Uh, oh shit! That's you should funny. have seen them. Like as soon as I said that, there was like nine people on this panel. And seven of them. Seven of them boners. start writing away like crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, really? That like I was just kind of actually kind of joking, but okay, you know. And that's the thing. So, like what? As so, as someone in government, these people are in government, city government, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What fucking difference does it make? It doesn't. It makes zero difference. Zero difference. And it shouldn't, right? And it it shouldn't. doesn't change the cost of their product. It, it doesn't, doesn't change It doesn't anything. change the work that you're going to do. It literally has no weight None. on anything. Yeah. Yet they're going to they're gonna feel that it does have weight. Well, we've been selected. So, yeah. I it, mean... No, I'm saying that's improper use of government funds. If they, You would think if they, if they allowed if they that. just for that. Yeah. Like literally... You're, I'm gonna, you're being swayed by 
I'm going to say something that, that shouldn't be swaying. I'm going to say that it had more to do with our nearly 600 Google reviews and 5.0 rating that we're going to take care of their customers really well. I'm going to say that's the most important. First thing. off, in my in my track record with this off, program, I know that's why you have got the program. But the <laughs> fact that people are ate up with that yeah, bullshit is just like their pencil started smoking. Like, what are you doing? It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, it's so dumb. It's it's weird. Oh man, I just about brought up something I'm not going to bring. <laughs> Hey, you want to get on a topic too? Yeah. What else do you want to talk about today? Next two topics. We haven't even talked about our topics yet. That's okay. Next two are going to be compensation. I'm not even sure anybody's fucking listening. I know. They're probably not. Have we checked the if, stats? If you look at the five-star reviews we have, I'd say only 14 people are listening. Can you give a five-star review to a podcast? Absolutely. On what? You go to Spotify. Well, like on Google? I'm going to pull it up. Or no. Spotify. Spotify allowed? and iTunes. Oh, okay. Hey, chicken fuckers. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a five-star review. I had no idea. We have 22 five-star reviews. 22. First off, thank you to those 22 individuals. The rest of you, come on. Yeah. Help us out. One of those was mine because I just submitted <laughs> another five-star and it did not go to 23. <laughs> So okay. with the amount of plays we get every week, we can't pull more than 22 five-star reviews on Spotify. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Trade wind guys are going to hear about it. I bet they're, I bet there are five of them. Pro- of them they're probably all, all 22 of them. <laughs> Some of them guys got multiple accounts. Yeah, you never true. know. Hey, you know what? I wore my Jorge Diaz plumbing shirt to Layla's soccer tournament last weekend. Yeah. Had three Mexican guys come up to me and go, where's Diaz? Pl- Is that close here? Yeah. Because they're looking for people that are you know, speak Spanish and we get, are in that group all the time, you know? Man, we get and messages like, all the time in Spanish on our Facebook page asking if we speak Spanish because yeah. apparently there's a big need in the area. If you're in Kansas City and you speak yeah, Spanish, I you told, I, you know, fire off a plumbing company. Byron, a real good friend of mine, he, you know, was asking about it. I said, no, he's in Mississippi. And, you know, I gave him the whole, the 411. And he's like, well, why are you wearing a shirt up here? I said, because he sent me a shirt and it's a nice shirt. And Louisiana. I what did I say? Mississippi. Oh, did I? <laughs> well, I told him Louisiana because I told him he's right by New Orleans. Yeah, he so might. I just misspoke here. Do his sister company up here. <laughs> he there should. you go. You know, he should. What, if... you know what you should do? You should hire Byron. Okay. I don't know who he is. He So he works in construction. They do construction cleanup for new construction. Yeah. But he speaks. He's from oh. Mexico. Yeah. And his English is very good, too. Yeah. There you go. Maybe. Just got to teach him how to plumb. All right, so we're <laughs> going to talk about... downhill. Payday's on Friday. We're going to talk about compensation, <laughs> and we're going to talk about the four levels of business. Okay. All right, so compensation. Um, in the service <clears throat> industry, the, the trades industry, you kind of have... I'm going to call it three different compensation strategies. You've got hourly... Where you're just paid an hourly wage. Yeah. You've got commission. Yeah. Or some version of it where you don't really have any guaranteed pay and it's all on performance. Or you have hybrid plans. So hourly plans, your earning potential is pretty capped. Other than overtime. Other than overtime and other than just working yourself to death, your earning potential is pretty capped. Um, well, you say that, I mean, as an employee, if you're being paid by the hour and show that you're a stud and move up through the company, I mean, it's only capped while you're at that position. Yeah. Yeah. You could move up into management and into bigger roles and leadership and all yeah, of that stuff. And you could be yep. making some serious check. You could, <clears throat> um, 
commission. You're is, talking commission only. Yeah, straight commission. Um, and there's a couple of different ways to dice the straight commission thing. Like our company is piece rate, but technically it class it's classified as commission. I wouldn't. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're right, but yeah, you're not piece rate. Piecemeal. That's not really what you are. We are. I mean, sort of. So, like, every task that we have has an amount of time associated to it, and the guys are paid for that time. But they can make that time up. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they get to pick that time. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, they get to choose the time. Like, straight piece rate or piecemeal is like, oh, I did a rough in on this house, and they classified it as a four, yeah, and that and pays the, a thousand bucks. The manager when I'm done. Is, yeah, yeah. assigns that, right? Yeah. So, it's um, a little different. Um, I, our pay is very similar to like an automotive technician. Only an automotive tech, you have a service rider that sells the job, and you have an automotive tech that has to do the job for what it was sold for. Yeah. Our guys are in control of selling the job and then doing it. Yeah, there's no middleman there. There's there's no middle, right? Yeah. Um, and then and then you so that's that's like ours is like task pay, um, uh, and then you've got um like straight commission where the guys are making a percentage of the total money they bring in, um. And then you've got the hybrid plans where maybe you're going to take a reduced hourly wage, hourly wage and then make it up in, in some reduced commission. Yeah. So they're trying to do like a hybrid plan there. Yeah. So, and that's, that's real popular like in heating and cooling service because yeah. you're, you, know, you don't know what jobs you're going out to day to day, whatever. And then if you, you know, kind of like you did as the sewer inspector slash salesman slash installer, you know, you go out and work on a call and the compressor's out and you immediately have the opportunity to sell a system. Right. And then you, so you're making your hour, hourly wage plus that, even though you're not the guy that's coming back to put the system in. Right. You know, that, I mean, that's where that really works. Plumbing's different though. Yeah. It's hard to do that in plumbing, I'm, I imagine. Well, I mean, you can get to, to, to the level in plumbing where you have sales guys and installers. No, I meant, I meant being a hybrid. Oh, yeah, I've done the hybrid thing before. So I was at one company um, where I designed a pay plan where the guys got a pow- an hourly. Well, like we did, we ran both. We ran hourly and commission, and we paid you whichever was more. At the same time. At the same time, we Seems ran like a lot of paperwork. It was actually really simple. I worked at a place like that. Yeah, we ran the math both ways all the time, <laughs> and uh, and then we paid you whichever was more. Now, if your hourly wage won the battle. And you, uh, basically, if your hourly wage was more, that means that you underperformed for the company that week, right? Okay. You didn't perform I mean, enough. I get it, but I wouldn't say it that way. But okay, got I it. I mean, yeah, under like yeah, you're right. Underperforms a strong word, but it's yeah. true. Like, like your hourly wage is set based off of your expected performance, and so if you. If you're on that dual plan, like what we came up with, where your commission or hourly, and your hourly wage is actually worth more than your commission wage, then that means maybe you're making a little too much money on your hourly wage, right? So we would remember the difference. And then if they if it happened two weeks in a row... Would they get fired? No, we'd have a talk with them and be like, hey, your hourly wage... Like, this is two weeks in a row. You haven't... You should be winning on commission. And we wanted the guys to win on commission because commission was unlimited earning potential. And if they're two weeks in a row on hourly, that means they're getting relaxed and they're just relying on their hourly, right? Yeah. And so... The employee inside of me is like, man, fuck them guys. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks in a row, we'd talk to them 
three weeks in a row, we would reduce their hourly wage. That's a good way to get punched in the parking lot after work. It worked. <laughs> or hit with a fucking pipe wrench. I think throughout that whole... Th- at that time, I had 13 employees. How many of them did you actually drop their wage? Uh, Two. Okay. Both of them ended up quitting. But let's be honest. If they weren't matching on their commission wage... Is this about the time your house got robbed? No. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Funny. <laughs> but no. Okay. Um, just, hey, dude, you never know. So both in both cases... What I had was I had a plumber that was like, I've been doing this 25 years. I'm worth $40 an hour. Okay. If you've listened to the show at all, you'll know that I am in huge, like, I'm in huge disagreement with the whole, I don't care how long you've been doing it thing. No, it's what you put out. Yeah. What is your contribution? Right. So the guys that are like, I've been doing this 30 years. I'm worth top wage. Bullshit. What do you do? Yeah. Because I can, I can find a five-year guy that'll run circles around you. Yeah. And he's doing more than you, so why shouldn't he be paid more than you? Yeah. Right? I used to get crushed. Yeah. I mean, I would get crushed. Like, I, I had been doing heating and cooling for like four years, and I was laying out all the jobs and doing homes and making jack. And then, I mean, just... Like, there was a split at the company. There was all kinds of stuff. And then I'd go to jobs, and guys would be like, oh, that guy's a jack shit. I wouldn't listen to anything he said. I've been doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm fucking better. I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah. Like, do you want me to go slower so that you look better? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, like what the Why f- would I reduce my performance to make you look yeah. good? Step up your game. Get to yeah. my level. Right. Yeah. And, right. Then, and after I rough this house in, I'm going to go home and shower. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to pound 27 beers. I'm going to come here tomorrow. And I'm going to fucking do it again. Oh, <laughs> uh, the benefits like, of being 20. <laughs> man, I miss it so bad. I drink eight beers. If I drank eight beers after roughing in the house, now I'd be dead. Yeah. Like, it would kill me. I'd just have to lay down. Yeah. But no, um, I get that. I mean, and that's that's kind of like the lazy mantra of, like, and when you have a bigger company, like, you just get those guys. It's not like they come into the interview process and go, well, I think I should be do, you know what I mean? So right. they're working there, and then you find this out four months later, and you're like, man, yeah, how do we get rid of this clown? And, and so, yeah, that's what both of these were. But when I instituted this pay plan, I had two guys that swore they were worth more than they were actually contributing. And of course, they're full of excuses too. Yeah. Oh, this this was this job was different. This you're gonna have these jobs where it's just like this. Yeah, it's every fucking job with you, right? Yeah. So um, the pay plan it was actually highly effective because it got the two guys off the team that we wanted off the team. Yeah. Um, and at that place, I didn't own that company. I wasn't allowed to dislike. Not not that I do this, but I I have the logic of like if you have somebody that shouldn't be on the team, you should just fire them immediately because like if you don't see a way out for them. You're not doing anybody. You're not doing the guy any favors. You're not doing your team any favors by keeping an underperformer on your team any longer. No, they're dragging your team down. They're dragging your team down, yeah. right? And morale or financially. Uh, one one of my I got this advice 10, 15 years ago. I can't even remember who it came from, but um, they they were telling me don't ever drag your feet on firing somebody because wouldn't you hate it? Like most of the time, you're dragging your feet on firing them because you feel bad, right? Because you've been fired before and you know what it feels like. And so I get, I've been fired one time and I loved it. Well, <laughs> in general, you've seen one people time. get fired, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. And so you feel bad and see your drag, you're dragging your feet, but wouldn't you hate it if you didn't fire that guy this week and you waited for three more weeks, but unbeknownst to you, you fire him this week 
and his dream job opportunity lands in his lap three days later. But if you didn't fire him this week and you drug him on for another three weeks and then fired him, now he missed a lifetime opportunity. So guy told me that, and from that moment on, I've been very quick to fire people if I don't see a way out. Yeah. And, and it's not ruthless. It's not anything else. Like, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. It's actually for their best interest. The faster I get them out from under me, the faster they have an opportunity to find their dream job. So yeah. now, whether I mean, they I do or not, that's on them. I could see the either side of the coin on that one. Yeah. I, I can tell you from my experience, I have never seen somebody turn a corner. The moment I've, I've considered firing somebody, they have always ended up either fire, being fired or quit. I've never actually seen somebody turn around. Really? So, yeah. Now, I haven't had people, like, where, where I can see that realistically happening in life is maybe if somebody has an addiction issue and then they kick the addiction issue and now they turn out to be a rock star employee. Or yeah. somebody's having problems at home and they fix that and now they turn out to be a rock star employee or whatever the case may be. But in today's day and age, you can't blend those two. You can't fire somebody because they have an addiction issue and you can't keep somebody on specifically because they have that. Well, right? I mean, technically no, but you could not have work. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's how that happens. Yeah. Right? Damn people right people get benched and they get starved and everything else. Yeah. I, I had one employee, uh, again, this was at a bigger company where everything was like very PC and by the book. And this guy was just not cutting the mustard. And I brought him in. <laughs> Cutting the mustard. I mean, you just come up with these old dad sayings. And I'm like, <laughs> we're the same age. Yeah. Where does he come up with? Where do they get it? And so uh, at this company, it, and it, it was real trivial. We had these like timesheets that we had to fill out, and you had to mark your time right, and you had to do this certain kind of math problem on the back, and it was handwriting and all. I mean, an old antiquated system, obviously. Um, you wouldn't have to do that now, right, with all the digital stuff now. But um, mm. this guy was like getting that problem wrong all the time. And so every week the accounting office would have like hours of extra work trying to cipher out, figure out what he was, what doing. he was doing. Right. <laughs> and so doing it on purpose. <laughs> um, I brought him in and I'm like, dude, like I'm, I'm looking at your time thing. Like numbers are li like he had perfect handwriting, like some of the most beautiful, like he looked like an architect, an old school architect where everything was written Perfect handwriting, but sometimes numbers are backwards. Sometimes numbers are flip-flopped. He was probably dyslexic. Yes. I swear he was. But I can't assume that in an equal oh, so opportunity. Did you have to ask him? So I had to ask him, like, do you have any, like, I can't keep you on the team with this kind of performance. This is a very basic thing. This has to be right. If this isn't right, I can't keep you on the team. This is costing the accounting department hours of work. However... If you have any kind of learning disability, then I can get you into a program and keep you on the team, and I can get you in a program where we can find some way around this. And he stood his ground, and he said, no, no learning disabilities. And he says, I, I bet you're thinking I'm dyslexic. I'm not dyslexic. He was and dyslexic I'm like, as shit. Man, you're, you're dyslexic, and you're just afraid to admit it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean... Like we gave him, like that was the legal stance at that time, right? With I was, yeah, I was being advised by the HR department. I have to handle it this way and everything else. And so, <laughs> uh, we ended up letting him go because we couldn't keep him on the team. Yeah. And so he, 
ironically, he made it super easy on us to let him go. So did he just come in and be like, you know what, Mitch? No, fuck you. He, <laughs> I'm he, leaving. He had two jobs on him one day. Both jobs were one job was a four hour job. The next job was a four hour job. One job was on floor 33 of a high rise building downtown. The very next job was in the same building on floor 34. Oh, same man. same customer, different tenant. I'd have right? killed you. So I'd uh, drove back to the office and ran you over with the truck. Oh no, they load up all their tools in a cart, spend all day on the 33rd floor. It's, you know, is what it is. Well, in between his jobs, he took a personal errand in the company vehicle. Even though his jobs were literally 10 feet apart from each other vertically, he took a personal errand in the company vehicle. He drove 27 miles away. Holy cow. To a hotel that's known for hourly rates. And he was there for like 17 minutes <laughs> and then drove back to the job. <laughs> and so like in the days that we're contemplating on letting him go about this whole timesheet issue, this popped up and we're like, oh, well, that made it easy. Did you come in and be so, like, dude, you know the truck's got GPS, bro? Yeah. Like, did yeah. he say, oh, they do? Oh, no, he knew. But he was doing it all. Yeah, he I mean, was like, he, "Man, screw these people." Yeah, it, it was what it was. So, um, oh, yeah, man, seventeen minutes. I yep. mean, that's not great. So, under the com- <laughs> we've we've deviated a long way from compensation. <laughs> I mean, proud proud of him for seventeen minutes, right? No, I'm saying that's short. Short for who? Okay, I know where I stand in the world. <laughs> I just learned something about myself. 17 minutes, I'm cheering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Oh, race to the finish. Ready, go. So, in the compensation world, you have hourly, you have commission, and then you have the hybrids that are between the two. Um, Where hourly is going to come in handy? Anybody in training is probably going to be hourly. Um, Anybody who is doing medial tasks where they can't really impact the outcome. It's pass-fail. It's probably going to be hourly. So um, in the service world, that may be a tough analogy to point out there, but like if you work in an assembly plant where all you're doing is connecting bolt six to nut seven or you know, yeah. stamping this or pushing the button when the, when the things line up or you know, whatever the case may be, like that's probably hourly wage. It's pass-fail, there's nothing you're gonna do to improve the system there. Well, and like if you're if you work at a small company too, and you do literally every task imaginable for a plumbing company, for instance, or a heating cooling. Say you're in the heating cooling industry and you run service. Sometimes you change equipment out. Sometimes you build duct. Sometimes you do new homes. Like that would almost be impossible. Like, yeah, because yeah, if you're the catch-all. Yeah, if you're just really. And I don't mean catch-all. Like, if it's a small company, that's how a lot of the small companies are. Yep. Like, you know, they just, we do everything, and we got three guys, and they do everything. Yep. Like, you just have to, they're making hourly rate wage, but it's high. Yeah. Like, you know, they're they're in the 1 to 130 range. Yeah. You know, yeah. something like that. That's that's where that comes into play a lot, too. Yeah. And your, so your, your commission guys, those are going to be in sales. Those are going to be guys that have a direct impact on moving the needle, right? In businesses, the needle is revenue. Yeah. So um, if you have a direct impact on moving the needle, you're going to be in some form of commission pay if your employer actually gives a shit about you. Like, I don't like guys being in, an, being in a position to move the needle and their employer paying them an hourly wage. 
because they're making that same hourly wage whether they move the needle or not. So for one, the guy's uninspired to move the needle. But for two, your employer's kind of handicapping you because if he gave you a commission piece and then your performance improved, then the company performance improves and everybody wins, Yeah. right? So if you're in sales, you're going to be in some form of commission pay some way, right? Whether it's a percentage of the sale, whether it's a percentage of the labor, whether it's piece rate based on like, let's say you're selling equipment, maybe it's piece rate, this piece pays this, this piece pays that, whatever the case may be, you're going to be in some form of performance-based pay. Yeah, and that, and that's because people people really do well with a little bit of pressure. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of like it's in all of our DNA. Like if you are just allowed to do the bare minimum, you'll almost always do the bare minimum. Yeah. But if you're pushed just a little bit and then have a carrot, yep. you are almost always going to go out there and go get it. Right. It's just... it's. Just human nature. Well, and it's not good on society to give people guaranteed base pay. No. I mean, that's literally the welfare system, right? Yeah, hence the democratic bullshit system on the left. <laughs> Topic one was politics. Stay off of politics. I'm sorry. That's my only <laughs> po- political statement in the whole thing. So um, uh, then you've got your hybrids. And this is this might be where you, you were kind of alluding to with that catch-all guy that's kind of doing everything. That guy might be a hybrid. And, and yeah. so a hybrid would be like a guaranteed hourly wage, but then <laughs> an incentive if they help move the needle, right? So like you have now, – now that's, this is also for the guy whose job is not always to move the needle, right? Maybe he's doing installs. Well, installs don't move the needle. Installs just need done, right? Yeah. Now, your needle's not going to move if you don't have anybody to install it. I get it. However, installs don't move the needle. Sales moves the needle. And that's not saying sales is more important than installs. However, nothing good happens until something gets sold in business. So if you want something good to happen in business, you have to sell something first and then start figuring out a way to install it, right? So you might have installers that are making some kind of piece rate based off of the equipment or some kind of base wage and then maybe a, a carrot or an incentive if they install so much equipment each week or whatever the case may be, your sales guy is usually going to be making commission and your installer is either going to be making, like if he's a younger installer that's in training, it's usually just flat hourly. And then if they get to a level where they can actually impact the overall bottom line by how much they're installing, then you might get your installer even into a hybrid scenario. Yeah, or, or if an installer is in the on-call rotation once they get f- so far along that then they're running calls on the weekends or whatever and then they sell big jobs yeah. on the weekend they're getting their installer pay plus their bonus plus their bonus yes so yep. yeah yeah so um the reason we're wanting to talk about commission or, or compensation is you need to know these things as you're looking at hiring people because you need to know the attributes of the types of people that are going to go after those types of rates right like I want the top 10% of people. So the top 10% of people, whether they admit it to themselves or not, the top 10% of people want commission pay because they want unlimited earning potential. Like, yeah, uh, I'm not saying my guys do this or not, but my guys, if my guys were to ask for guaranteed hourly pay, they may think they want that, but they don't. Because like, that's pretty much just resigning yourself to a fixed income at that point. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? It's almost like just taking a pay cut. Yeah. 
Right. They want the ability to go have a badass week or a badass month and make some badass money. So, um, um, but as you're hiring a trainee, you're not going to bring a trainee in and give them some kind of compensation, like or some kind of commission, right? They, they don't have the ability to move any kind of a needle. No. They're just soaking up knowledge yeah. and, and providing some grunt work. So, which, by the way, Mason's first day on the job was today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, do you do anything stupid? Uh, no, he actually did badass. Like, and I'm not saying that from like the dad that like anything my son would do, I'd say he did badass. No, like if he fucks something up, I'd definitely you'd hear about it. Oh, I know. No, like he did badass. Good. Um, we're backfilling this big project, and so I had him running the backhoe. He's 14. I had him Perfect. running the backhoe, and I mean, he did great. So it's not rocket science. It's not, and and this is be aware of your surroundings. Be aware like of your surroundings. Like one. video game background helps out a ton because yeah. the ability to learn what controls do what instantly, instantly. Yeah. Like I'm gonna say, so we were most of what we were backfilling was with with the front bucket, and I'm gonna say after about ten passes, he was eighty percent efficient, proficient at what he needed to do, and then That's pretty quick. I mean, all total, we probably took five hundred passes today. Um, and so by the end of it, the, the ground started getting really uneven So yeah. it, and the trees started closing in on us. Yeah. So, uh, it got really difficult towards the end. We started at the easiest end, but I'm like, this is freaking awesome. Like he could totally end up becoming one of our excavators for our company. Pretty sweet. Four years to go. Mom, his mom, my wife had to come pick him up, uh, because he had a doctor's appointment to go to. And so he was finishing up. He, he even told me like, he saw her coming down the drive, and he's like, oh, that's mom. I, she's here to pick me up. I'm like, you got five more passes. You got to get to that tree before you're done. And he's like, okay. And so while he's finishing it up, I go, I go talk to her, and I'm like, this kid's fucking good. <laughs> and I'm like, don't you dare tell him I said that. <laughs> I don't. He doesn't need that going to his head, but he's fucking good. So, <laughs> Hey, little excavator. Yeah. And then the neighbor of this job, the, the guy on the next property over hits me up. He actually hit me up a couple of days ago. I just had time to go look at it today. He's got a big old pond on his property. Pond, not big. I mean, it's 15,000 square foot pond. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's all silted in. It's years and years and years old. It's only three or four feet deep in the center of it. And he wants me to dig. The, he wants me to break the dam and drain it. Yeah. So that You'll he can. You'll need a track hoe. No, I'm going to do it with the backhoe. It's got to dry for like a month and a half yeah. for you to use the backhoe. No, I'm not going to dig the pond out. I'm just breaking the dam and draining it. Oh, okay. And then he's going to let it dry for all yeah. summer. Yeah. And then he's going to have somebody come in and do you all the just, dirt work. To, if you, he just, he's just having me break the dam and drain if it. If you've got a tracko, you could just take the dam out, and then they'll dig them out, and then that stuff will just dry on the sides. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. There so while go. Mason's out there working, I'm out there procuring more work. It's pretty pretty badass. So. Aren't you proud of yourself? Today? Yeah, <laughs> proud of my son. That's what I'm proud of. Proud of yourself today. Yeah. So, oh man, last topic. Uh.
All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. The four levels of business. We've talked about these on the show before, but we're going to dive into them a lot today on what you need to master in each level. So the four levels of business are you start out as an employee and then you become self-employed and then you become CEO and then you become an investor. And so high level overview. We've all been employees. We've all had jobs, right? Some of our, some yes. of us that listen to this show still have jobs, right? Um, so an employee, you're working for somebody else. Uh, you don't really own, have any stake in any kind of company. Well, then when you start your own company, you become self-employed. In other words, technically, yes, you own the company, but you also own every job within the company. And it's like the worst position to be in because everything lives or dies by you. Now, back when you were an employee, you could take the weekend off and other people would cover your ass when you're self-employed. It's all you, baby. it's all you. <laughs> yeah. Everything's on you. Oh, right. I know. So, oh, I fucking know. Uh, CEO, that means you, like, the full-blown CEO is you have a board of directors and you have other managers within the company and you are literally piloting the ship instead of doing all of the crafts on the ship. Well, you don't have to be. It doesn't you're have calling to be, the shots. It doesn't have to be just like that, though. Like, you're kind of a CEO, sort of. Yeah, but you're still out on the job sometimes. Yeah. I'm, I'm transitioning between self-employed and CEO. And even if you had a... So say you had three more employees. Say you had four more employees. You would still be in the CEO position, but you wouldn't have a board of directors. Right. So where I call myself right now is like president, right? I always, I always laugh. El presidente. I, I always laugh whenever people start file for their LLC. Like, I, Austin wouldn't do this, but... Like, no, no, I, I know he wouldn't do this. I put owner, owner of Smith Media. No, uh, no, no. That's what that's, puts that's puts true. CEO and founder of Smith Media, <laughs> and his company has one person, and it's him. Yeah. Like, what are you, the chief executive officer of? Yeah. Like, you're not right. So that's what I mean. Like, people like to use the CEO word long before it's worthy, right? So you, you kind of transition through like president. And then CEO. Well, and that's like one of those things. People just hear phrases and numbers and... They don't even know what it they means. They have no idea what any of it is or yeah. what it means. And I'm not bashing people that don't, but like... I kind of am. Like, learn your shit. Like, you, <laughs> you, look, you look fucking cheap whenever... When you, like, I started my own business. I'm, I'm printing t-shirts with a cricket machine in my house. I'm a CEO. No, you're not. You're, I mean, you're self-employed. It does It does look completely stupid when you get a business card and it literally says CEO, owner, founder. And then you're like, oh, how many employees do you have? And you're like, oh, no, it's None. just me. Right. And, and then you look at the card and you're like, 
I print designs on T-shirts. Like, and right. I just immediately know I'm not saving this card. I'm now throwing this away. Later. There's no shame in printing designs on T-shirts. Like, there's some killer money to be had there. Like, I'm not knocking that thing at all. Yeah. What I'm saying is you're, you're not a CEO. Don't be a douche about it. Yeah, you're <laughs> self-employed. Just call it for what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I don't think Zuckerberg or Bezos goes around being like, hey, my name is Jeff. I'm the CEO of Amazon. Or well, they, my name is Zuckerberg. They first should. Off, first off, they Mark do, Zuckerberg and, and Jeff Bezos both do, and they're both douchebags. Well, I mean, they're billionaire douchebags. But that's what but that they do. They're anything. literally <laughs> chief executive officers, right? Mm. So um, that's, you know, they're officers of companies. They have other officers at the company, you know, and so on. Uh, so then after you move through CEO or you have a board of directors, you move into the investor level. And in the investor level, you're not even CEO anymore. You're literally just owning the company and you have a CEO calling all the shots within the company. And the company is big enough that you can just take dividends from the company. And you, there's, there's lots of different ways that happens too. Like there are, I, like I know guys that have sold their business and they are now... 15% owner mm-hmm. like they took a big check and then they're 15% owner and then they are on a, a a board yep but the board is like four people yep you know what I mean and so they kind of have a say and they help guide and hey this is how we've been doing it all these years yep and then but they're just 15% owners after their big fat check they got yeah like that's one way that you're an investor that's an investor in your comp- absolutely in your company. And I probably there's probably some legal kind of reasons around too, like like where Mark Zuckerberg would have to announce himself as CEO if he's ever doing business with anybody else. It's like, I think if, if you're you like, represent yourself or depending something. on like what type of corporation you are, this is, to be honest, this is a little above my head, but I think if you're an S Corp and you have a board of directors, then you actually have to have what they call a CEO and you have to have a yes. quote unquote president. And there are a certain hierarchy that has to be employed. Mm-hmm that the board of directors wants when they found that company. Like there has to be X, Y, and Z. So yes, for sure. When you're but a C Corp, but if he doesn't go out and say, that's what I meant, not S Corp. Yeah. You, you. said S Corp. Yes. Thank you. C Corp. Uh, but yeah, you're, I mean, there's some truth to that. Yeah. So another nickname for all of that CEO type stuff is like a C suite level. Yeah. So if your business gets large enough that you need a C suite, what a C suite is would be like chief executive officer, chief marketing officer, chief design officer, right? So then if you picture like a tree with roots and forking along the way, you've got the like head of the company, chief executive officer, and then underneath them, you have all of the other officers of the company. And then underneath them, you have their management teams. And then underneath them, you have their, the, the, the teams of people that are doing the work. Yeah, the right? day-to-day. The day-to-day operations. So... Um, what we're going to talk about in this section is the things that you need to be focus on, focusing on mastering in each one of these levels. So if you're an employee of a company and you have not started your own company yet or anything else, and you're just listening to the show because you like Dave and he's badass, then, uh, listen in here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I am badass. Yeah. I don't, I don't no, know. I don't know about are... likable, but <laughs> you know what? I'd probably say I'm more likable than badass. Maybe. Like, I have a pretty good knack, you know, like for making people like me when I want. Tell that to Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you mean Ford. I think you mean Visor. We've, well, either which, but we actually, we've, all have our, we've, we've never talked about that on this show. About, we're not going to talk about it now. We're not going to talk about it now, but I 
We, we, we will talk about it eventually. We are going to talk about it, but I want to do one thing first. There's, so. there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about there, and it's about holding true to your values and who you are. But yes. uh, uh, So as an employee, um, the, <laughs> two things, turn, yeah. <laughs> the two things that you need to master as an employee are sales and marketing. You know, we t- I, want to, I want you to keep going with that, but what we talk about a lot on the show is if you're stuck at work and you know you're going somewhere else, but you can't make that jump and you need to suck up all that information, mm-hmm. like these are the things you that are the most important. Yes. Is sales. Sales and, and marketing. Marketing and how to run a team. Like if you can be in a management position where you're running three or four guys underneath you, that is extremely beneficial. Yep. You have to be sucking that information up. So don't just take off and hightail it out of there without being prepared or without gaining the knowledge you need before taking the next step. So go on with what you're saying. Right. So as an employee, you need to master sales and marketing. And the reason why, like picture sales and marketing, the next step after employee is self-employed. Well, so all of these things that you're doing get you to the next step, right? So sales and marketing. Imagine trying to be self-employed and you don't know how to sell or market. That would be pretty treacherous, right? So mastering sales, mastering marketing. To master sales, you need to master one-on-one relationships with people. You need to understand what people like, what makes them tick, what makes them want to like you, what makes them want to buy, right? You also need to master marketing. Dave's cracking I was bush to be, light number two. I was two. trying to be quiet. That, that was actually really good. That was really quiet. Over it. Yeah. Oh, Mitch just I still hear me it. Out. So uh, you also need to master marketing. And this this doesn't mean you need to ask your boss to be on the marketing team, but this means you need to be paying very close attention to what type of marketing works and what doesn't. And you're going to do things that you don't get paid for for a long time before you actually get paid for them, right? So yes. as a sales guy, as an employee sales guy, you need to be recognizing what it takes to gain customers. And even though you might not like the company you're working for, gain that company a couple of customers. Learn what it works. Learn what doesn't work. Like you'd rather learn all this on another company's dime than when it's your time to shine, right? Yes. So like if you're if you're a sales guy at a company right now and you're listening to this show, talk to the neighbors of the customer that you're at. Talk to both their neighbors and see if you can make a sale at their house. <clears throat> Try to create a marketing opportunity and create a sale within the neighbors. Yeah, your company might get an extra sale. The company you're working for might get an extra sale. The knowledge that you gain from that is invaluable. Like you can't even place a value on that knowledge about learning what it takes to make a sale from somebody who wasn't intending on even shopping that day. Yeah. You've literally drummed that up and finished the sale and then went on to work back to the company and said, Hey, I got this job. We're going to do yeah. this, blah, blah, blah. You've, you've literally fabricated money out of thin air yeah. is what you've done. Cause that's what self-employed is. Yeah. Cause right? you have to do it every freaking day. So Good take, luck. take the opportunity to learn how to do that while you're working for somebody else. Then yeah. before all the risk is and on I do you want to say, as far as marketing goes, like if you're at a bigger company, like what Mitch was at, like I didn't get to see a lot of this. We just did small time stuff. I wish I could have had like that experience. So as far as marketing goes, like where are they spending their money on ads? How are they spending money on on ads? How are they manipulating the price, or or how are they coming up with the amount of money um, that they decide they're going to spend on marketing? Right. You know every every market is different. Every every city is different. 
Um, it's just like hiring somebody. You know, your wages in one city are twenty five dollars an hour, and the other one, the tops fifteen. Try to suck up all that small, minute detail bullshit that you don't want to ever have to pay attention to. But if you're going to be out on your own, you're going to need to know. Yeah. So get in there and find out as much as you can. Yeah. Because I didn't have any of that experience when I left. Right. Like all I had was little stuff to bank on. Yeah. Like Mitch came out and he's like, no, I know it all, bitch. Yeah. And, and it benefited him greatly. So if you are thinking about leaving, suck that stuff up. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say it seven more times in this episode probably. So get it. So the next one, and we'll probably spend more time on this one than any of the others, because this is where most of our listeners are at, self-employed. So you started your company, but you're, the, you're wearing all the hats. You're doing everything, right? Now, it should be, as we just talked about, it should be a prerequisite that you already know how to do sales and marketing. Because if you don't know how to do sales and marketing and you're self-employed, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, first, that That's first gonna be year is going to be steep. Yeah. It'll be a lot of trial by fire. So if you already have sales and marketing down and you're now self-employed, the two things that you need to master here are hiring and training. Yeah. Those are the only two things you need to focus on. How do you hire people that can sell and market? How do you train people that can sell and market? Like this list goes both ways. Hiring and training sellers and marketers, right? That's, that's what you're doing at the self-employed level. So the easiest way to hire people is look for leaders that you can develop. The, the idea is that you're working yourself out of a job. Because if I work myself out of a job, that frees me up to go do something else to benefit the company. And now somebody else can do that job. Like, I love working myself out of a job. Yeah. I love working myself out of rights and responsibilities. I love passing that off onto somebody else. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean like, you know, negatively passing off, like punting to somebody else. No, no. it's positive growth when you're passing off. Yeah. Like, the people that we have answering the phones can do it 10 times better than I can. I fuck it up every time I do it. But I had to learn how to do it enough to teach them. I, I won't say anything. Well, I'm just saying. So <laughs> well, and that's I've, got, I've got plumbers in the field that are like 10 times better than I am. Now, I may have a tad bit more plumbing knowledge from time to time, but I, like some of the guys sell better than I do. So yeah, that's awesome, right? Yeah, of course it is. So I, Can I add one thing to your list there? What were your two things? Well, so on hiring and training, hiring and training, what you want to do is you want to develop leaders. You want to give them a clear path of what it looks like to work through your company. And in that path, you want to put a plan in place where they'll have eventually have a team to help them achieve results. Okay. So in other words, you're going to hire a team of plumbers and that path is going to be one of you will eventually be the manager, right? Or one of you will eventually be the, the service manager as we grow beyond plumbing. Maybe we bring on HVAC or electrical or whatever, or, right? Or, or have multiple managers. Or, or one manager manages 12 men. Yeah. The next, the next guy up will be one of you also, and that guy will take the 12, you know, the next 12 or the next yeah. five or whatever it is. Five or six is really a good blend there. Like, it's hard to manage 12 people directly. It depends on what they're doing. It does. If they're does. crews of two, it's not. Yeah. That's just six crews. Yep. So, um, but you want to give them a path of what it looks like to get to that level at some point. So what were you going to add? I was going to add processes. Like, so, so in that owner self-employed where you're hiring, firing, doing all that kind of stuff, like you need to be able to have all of your processes in place before you can even get to CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you get to CEO, you can fine tune those things kind of like you're doing now mm -hmm. with your VA and all that stuff. But in in that learning stretch there, you can figure out, okay, 
once I get to three guys, I have to do this. Yep. Now that I have three guys, I have to have a um, a handbook. Yep. You know, I have to I have to know how to handle insurance. I have to know how to handle uh, retirement. I have to know how to handle vehicle purchases. Like all of those different processes that you have to have in place before you really take off and have a, a lot of employees, I feel like are at that level. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? So processes kind of comes in on the CEO level. Yeah. Like right before you get there, man, you got to... Well, kind of right as you get there. Yeah. So in in the other, so we're gonna we're gonna recap processes here in a second. Um, CEO, that's where board of directors, right? Um, and the two things you need to master there are uh, you need to master branding and leadership. Part of leadership is processes. Um, that's that's being a good leader is laying out clear processes for your team. Yeah. So, but you need those processes in place before you have ten guys hired. True. Well, you know what I mean. Uh, depending, and that's why there's a blurred line between yep. owner, self-employed, and CEO because you have to kind of be doing all of that stuff as you're making the transition. Yes, yeah. So um, as as the CEO side of things, um, you've already mastered hiring and training, and now you've you're you're leading people to also master hiring and training. Right. So the, they're doing your processes. Right. You're also mastering branding. Uh, branding is different than, different than advertising. Branding is a lot more timeless. Um, when you think of branding, you think of things like, you know, Coca-Cola and Nike and things like that, where they're, they just have a very established brand, right? Um, and then once you've mastered those, now you're moving into the investor level. Uh, and, and at the investor level, you are largely removed from the day-to-day operations of your own company. And now you're just kind of reaping the rewards of being able to kick back. You've grown your company large enough where it can pay your annual salary in in the form of dividends and returns on your investment. And you you have other people doing almost everything within the company. And at the investor level, what you need to be mastering is tax planning and financial planning. Um, because now you're at a level where you have enough money coming in where you need to learn the smart ways to handle that tax-wise and the smart ways to, uh, uh, as my financial guy states it, minimize your relationship with Uncle Sam. Um, and then you also need to understand financial planning to where your money can go to work for you. And so the easiest way to look at these is like, as an employee, you're not ready to move to self-employed until you've mastered sales and marketing. As a self-employed individual, you're not ready to move towards CEO until you've mastered hiring and training. Now, processes could be part of training. Processes could also be part of leadership. Can kind of go both ways. Yeah. And, right? and, process, and we talk about it on the show a lot. Processes is kind of one of those things that you're constantly evaluating yeah. and can constantly be changing. Yep. Because as you grow you'll have to have other processes in place. Things change all the time. Yeah, you'll you'll decide, oh, I had this in place and I don't like it. I don't like that the guys have to come in at 6.30. I don't like that the guys... Yep. Just, I, that's just a small, stupid example, but things will always be changing. And for those of you that are laughing like, these guys aren't CEOs of big corporate companies. No, we're talking about service-based plumbing yeah. companies. How is your guy going to know how to run a service call unless you have a process to tell him how to run a service call? Yeah, and you can... And listen, the, the difference between a CEO for a 10 employee company and a hundred isn't that different. No, you it's really a, not. You, you have a lot bigger tree. It's a couple of managers. Yeah. So if you so if your tree starts out with you, then two managers, then four guys, 
all that instead of having two managers in a bigger company, now you got eight managers. Yeah. But the tree after that is still the same. Yep. And it's not a tree. What is it when it goes in reverse? See, I didn't go to college. I forget these uh, things. An organizational chart is what that's called. Look at you go. Yep. An org chart. So, <laughs> um, so you're. He could be lying to me. I would have no fucking idea. I, <laughs> Dave's like, okay. I'm not. <laughs> Uh, Dave, it's called a penis chart. Say it. Penis chart. <laughs> you have to have um, your penis chart in place, people. So uh, as as a self-employed individual, you're not ready to move to CEO until you've mastered hiring and training. And as a CEO, you're not really ready to move to the investor level until you've mastered branding and leadership. And, so, And the ability to not micromanage. Yeah. Like you can't be an investor in a company. And, that's and leadership. That. Is, and, and micromanagement is the antithesis of leadership. And, you know, people, I think people, when they think about stuff like this and they're like, oh, I'm going to be an investor in my own company. They don't really understand that it, your company doesn't have to be huge for you to just be an investor in your company. Mm-mm. Like if you have two great managers that are running your whole show and you're paying them out the ass and literally all you are doing is – Say you have a minimum pay. Say you're making your minimum pay is two thousand a week, and then your profit structure is off the end of the year. You get a check, and you're only having to come in once or twice a week. You're basically an investor in your company. You're just kind of trying to make sure that you know X, Y, and Z is going on. The the few people I know that are at this level, that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they're not they're not huge. They may have ten or fifteen guys or ten and ten or fifteen employees total. I'm talking answering the phones, every bookkeeping, everything, and they're only going in once a week. Yep. You know, they're getting their their check every every week, and then they're going in once or twice a week just to kind of make talk to everybody, make sure everything's running smoothly. They're not really a CEO, and they're not really a hundred percent investor but that's kind of what i would say the norm is in our business structure in the service industry it like it can be kind of like there's look there are like obviously so the two big companies you used to work for mm-hmm. those those the owners of those companies are a hundred percent investors well so the owners have sold it all to their kids they're they're and, gone and out. Well, like we were talking about earlier, they got their big check, and then they're probably on the board, and they're still probably getting ten percent or some uh, something like that. At this point, they're both gone, like gone, 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 gone. Yeah, they've sold completely. So a lot of times, when an owner sells a company, they'll sign an agreement where they agree to stay on for two or three years to help the transition. Yeah, and which then, has to happen in the service industry. And then they're out, <laughs> like out, out. Really, gone, gone, gone. One hundred percent gone. And a lot of times when they sign those agreements, they're signing some sort of non-compete clause for five or ten years where they won't start a competing business in that market for five to ten years. So one of the things you'll see is like uh, I've seen this before in like the turf business or the lawn care business where somebody will sell their lawn care company. They'll stay on for 18 months to three years or something like that to help the transition they sign a non-compete. At the end of their three years, the non-compete starts. And uh, so then, eight, typically your non-compete's like five years, three to five years. So six to eight years after they receive their big payday from selling their company, they are now able to go in and start that if, if a very want. similar company back over again if, if they, they want, want right? Yeah. 
But a lot of times what they do... By then, they're retired, so... Well, a lot of times what they do is they don't wait the six to eight years. They go ahead and start a competing company, but in a different market. Because you can go do that right away, right? Yeah. So Usually there's a radius. Like yeah. it's within 50 miles or 20 yeah, miles. Yeah, you'll go to whatever. a different market and start it right over. Yeah. And... You're not competing with the people that just bought your company. Yeah, and then you're trying and, to get them to buy that company too. And then, yeah, and then <laughs> once you get that one grown, you go back to the people that bought your last company, and you're like, hey, hey, look hey at this. I didn't tell you, but I also had this other company. I started a long time ago. No, no, you just you just <laughs> tell them flat out. I started it whenever I was under your non-compete, yeah. but this was out of the radius, and I got this shiny thing over here. Do you want to yeah, buy it too? Exactly. So that's, that's a guy funny. that's mastered sales and marketing, right? <laughs> He's selling companies. And they can just repeat yeah. the process over... Yeah. yeah, that's a guy that doesn't sleep. He sleeps like four hours a night. It just, all he does is work, work, it, work, work, It all depends work, on how good his processes are. So I have a buddy of mine that uh, he's got three locations with his company, and his processes are so durable. Like, this is fucking cool. His processes are so durable that about six months ago, he, do? uh, he does um, like home remodeling and storm damage repair. Oh, yeah. So That's a lot of roofing. That's taking off right now. Yeah, a lot of roofing, a lot of siding, a lot of stuff like that, but he'll also do interior remodeling too. And the Kansas City is his third location. He's been in Kansas City for about six months. Get his processes. And I got some money. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was talking to him over the weekend and he uh, literally, as we were talking, we're standing next to his Lambo. And it must be nice. It's as my son, I don't know a lot lot about Lambos. My son tells me it's a Giardo or a Gallardo, which means it's twin turboed. And it's pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool. It's pretty badass. Well, anyway, he has dreams and aspirations of buying a Koenigsegg. I don't even know what that is. Uh, Is that like a Bugatti? Kind of, but sportier. You know how much a Bugatti costs just to maintain? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Why would you waste that much money? I, I'm in... I would I'm, love to buy just ground. Like, I, I can buy this ground and it appreciates, or I can buy this Bugatti and have to put $10,000 wheels on it every other year. You're no assuming thanks. somebody's spending their last dollars on the Bugatti. No, I'm assuming it's a dumb way to spend money. Depends. Like, how... Like, you could just buy five Ferraris and give one to all your friends. You guys could go race them. Wouldn't Here's, that be more fun than owning the Bugatti? Not necessarily. So, nah, how... I'm out. How a lot of these highfalutin people pay for their exotic cars, they do it through the business and it's 100% tax free. Yeah. They they pay for them because the exotic car gets them into a network of people that they can then sell their products and services to that network of people. So I know quite a few people that have bought exotic cars just to get into the exotic car clubs so that they can now sell their services to the people within that exotic car club. And Do you so, think we could sell our trade wind services to people that are in an exotic car club? Uh, no, they're probably well beyond needing yeah, our services. I know. Yeah. Well, that Ferrari, doesn't ha- that, so that doesn't help me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Ferrari's a little different. They have to approve you before you can buy one Not of their cars. Not if it's used. If it's used, you yeah. can't. But here, so here's the weird thing with Koenigsegg is you cannot go buy a used Koenigsegg on the public market. When you buy a Koenigsegg, you buy it from them. You probably sign a thing. That and you says sign you an agreement that says you, whatever. if you ever want to sell it, it has to go back to them. And they refurbish it. And then all used Koenigseggs come from the manufacturer. Pretty sweet. But he has a plan mapped out. It's as good as gold. It will happen. Timeline is a little bit up to question. Like he's got goals for the timeline, but depend, like it's timeline dependent. 
But he is so calculated, he has plans where he will buy a Kona's egg once his business does a certain metric here in Kansas City. I, I've lost track of the point was. <laughs> the, the point is he's that calculated with everything. Okay, gotcha. So, um, but ultimately, like, he's in the business of basically popping up locations and starting them with great processes and getting them to certain levels. And then once they get to certain levels, it's self-sustaining. He brings in a CEO to manage that location, and then he can go fire up a fourth location somewhere else. And then he just checks in once a month. And then he just like, checks. What's like, the, or I bet his process is like the CEO has to send him updated something monthly. Probably is well, what it is. Probably daily. But but like he's heavily involved in KC because he's getting it off the ground. His other two locations run fairly autonomously. And his other two locations, if I'm not mistaken, his other two locations are doing about $10 million each a year in revenue. It must be tough. So I'm sure it is tough. That's a lot of processes that you got to write to get two separate 10 million companies. I don't think the processes are. Once the process is written once, that's it. Right. But that's the hard part. Is Writing it? it once to where it's so well written and so well enforced that it does that. Is it? Yeah. Or is that just a great market to be in right now? No. It is. Have you seen all the Surf Pro locations? Holy shit. Well, that's that's like flood damage, restoration. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's everything. Damage. It's but, any damage. Yeah. And restoration. Yep. They're making some jack. Yeah, they're everywhere. I think it worked. I thought Again, about doing that one time. a company built off of great processes. Yeah, I thought about doing it one time. That's you how can, important you processes are. Pro. Yeah, you can. You can buy in any franchise like that. Yeah, they're a franchise. The thing yep. is, like, some of those fast food companies, they had, like, some of the most amazing processes, like McDonald's, like... If if every McDonald's was ran by exactly by the processes, they'd be completely different. Like it's the enforcing part that yeah gets McDonald's yeah. and other fast food places. Yeah, it's, they knew they know how much a hamburger costs them to make with, yeah. in the half a penny. It's one thing to write it; it's another thing to have the processes in place to enforce the processes, mm-hmm. right? And the team in place to enforce the processes. Yeah. So that's a guy who's mastered sales and marketing, hiring and training. Branding I, and leadership. I would be interested to talk to someone like that about just about how do you keep all of the people in line? Like, I can understand every You process. know I can connect you with all these people, right? I'm not going to fucking Apex. <laughs> I, I know how it... I know what it takes to get work done. And I know what it takes to put a roof on. And I know what it takes to get, like, the, all the deals. What does it take to keep 200 people at five different locations all doing the exact same things all the time. That's interesting. Processes. I mean, and leadership. I mean, is it, does it have to, does it, does it go down to the nitty gritty as in it has to be in this sort of blue collar area because they're known for hard work and dedication and loyalty? Like, does it go that far? Maybe depending on the business. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what that's what I'm asking. Yeah, depending on the like, business, does it maybe. go that deep? Yeah, maybe. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, no, <She's, laughs> no, it does not go that deep. No. <laughs> Rabbit so, up, Mitch. Yeah, we're running we're long. long on this one. So, uh, okay, guys, no, it was good. If this show brought you value, if it uh, made you think about things in a different way, please do us a favor and help share this show with somebody else who might be wanting to hear it. Uh, we don't make any money from this show. So, uh, 
Because of that, we ask you to share the show. Dave and I do this for fun. We commit a little over an hour every week to this show. Austin commits like more than an hour like because he seven, has to listen to it. Like 7%? An and hour then, and 20 minutes? And then he has to go through and edit everything. So um, Don't and, babble, Mitch. Until next time, guys, <laughs> we will catch up with you later. Share the damn show. Love you guys. We'll see you.